welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 703, recorded live on November 6th, 2021. And here are your hosts, the man who will hopefully be in bed before the clocks roll back, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who most likely will have to stay up for work again, Andy Lowe. Hi. Oh no. Really? Yeah, our automation software is great if you need to jump forward in time. Oh no. So you can you can you can put a thing on there that says, "Okay, as soon as, you know, like springing forward, it's great." It's like, "Okay, as soon as the clock strike 3, yep, jump forward in the log. Skip the 2 o'clock okay. hour. Everything's fine." Yeah. The automation system does not like going the other direction. Yes, cannot go backwards without manual intervention. So what so I you're staying up till three in the morning. So what I well when it, yes, basically I'm going to go in there, log into all the systems, look at the clocks, and be like, okay, is this working? Is this not working? <laughs> what I what I've done is I've taken the one o'clock hour and yeah. made it two hours long. Yeah. So I've, I've told it, hey, this hour is actually 120 minutes long, <laughs> and it's okay with that. It's okay with it because there are no actual time sync points on there. I have a sync at 159, um, 159. Yeah. So we'll hit that midpoint of the hour at 159. And then it thinks there's literally 60 minutes of content in that last minute. And then I've got another, I've got another hard sync at 201. Cause so I'm going to give the system a minute, you know, to recalibrate <laughs> the clocks. So it's going to hit okay. that. Yeah, it's going to hit that one break at eleven. You know, one fifty nine. That's yeah. That's that's definitely one way to solve that problem. Yes, when I, when I you know don't have to have set times, things can float. So it's going to float for an hour. Yep. And then yeah, when the clocks actually finally hit two o one, then you know they'll then it just will sync up and cut yep. forward to the other thing. Yeah. In theory, that's how it's supposed to work. Well. Like I said, you, I'm You should set it so that if it fails and it just keeps playing from the the one o'clock one, you should set a recording of yourself saying something like, This message should not be heard. If you're hearing this message, don't worry. I'm looking into it right now. Part of me actually wants to do that sometimes because we have um I'm starting to set up weekly tests of our generator system. Mm -hmm. And you can either do an offload test where the generator just runs, you know, on its own, not actually, you know, running everything. The generator is basically, it's basically like idling your car. Right. But then you can also set up the test to do an onload test where it will actually go through the whole process of actually, you know, switching off of commercial power to the generator, running everything for a set amount of time, and then physically switching back. Okay. That way you test your generator, you test your transfer switch. And you test it under load. You test it under load too, yes. And you can also test Which your is system. huge. Yeah, test your system to make sure that, you know, hey, <clears throat> you know, this box did not handle the transfer. Right. Or, you know, one of the UPS units fails. I've had that where the UPS unit says it's fine, but as soon as you basically try and stress test this UPS unit, it just crashes hard. But since it crashes in the process, it doesn't actually log that there was a problem. Yeah, it's it's super annoying when it does that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I want to do things like that, but then that means we're going to lo actually lose signal for a second when the generator, you know, cuts when it over. cuts over. And when it cuts back again, you're actually, the transmitter is going to go off the air because there's no way in heck I'm going to have a UPS unit to handle 
a 10 kilowatt transmitter. <laughs> Just hang on, hang on. Let me go check something real quick. Hang on. How much? How much uh, a 10 kilowatt UPS unit would be? Oh no, God no, because that's more than I think either of us would want to spend. Um, I want to go and see. It was a nice, bright, sunny day today. Yes. And so I just want to check my production today. My solar panels, if I stored all that energy from today, my solar panels could run that for two hours. For your whole day. If I took all the power generated today, I could run that for two hours. At no point during the day could I have run it. You know, just just off the thing. My, my system peaks out at about... 4.2 kilowatts. Well, it's funny you say that because our AM in Kalamazoo here is on a big plot of land. Yep, we've talked about this on the show. Yeah, where it's um, 67,000 square meters. Mm hmm. And it only runs at five kilowatts. So I could take something slightly bigger than your solar panel array, stick Which it is somewhere. 14 panels. Yeah, stick it somewhere on my massive amount of acreage. Land. Yep. And run, yeah, run the station from off of solar power. I mean, you need some batteries. For nighttime, yeah. Um, for the daytime, too. When I say that my peak production is four kilowatts, that peak production is for like an hour. Usually not even that. And also, what happens when it's cloudy? Well, we still have regular consumers' energy. Okay, all right. So you're saying that just you'd run it off of the solar power during the day, but yes. otherwise you'd be back on normal power. Yes. Okay, then yeah. I mean, Go we've already it, got a transfer switch there. We can't we just... We just upgrade the... I know. I want to. Especially since it turns out the federal um, tax credits are going to start to dwindle down. Oh, after, they've already started. Um, they're already lower than they, they were. I know. They're, but the 26% is... If you start building next year after that, it drops down to 23% in 2023. Yep. And then it drops even more after that. Yep. So literally, like, this year and next year is the the best yep. time to do it. It's, it's literally... Not not going to get better than right now yep convince your bosses i know i've, I've literally have a guy looking at my power bills right now who who literally does Good. this so Good. i i've sent him my consumer bills and he's <clears throat> crunching the math so cool yeah because like it's it, it's it's the time to do it yeah it is definitely the time to do it and i mean i've got the space and it's all open <laughs> don't don't have to worry about clearing land. It's it's already cleared. Mm -hmm. Which that actually can take us into a topic if you want to already jump into topics or not. Sure, let's jump into that. That's a very quick jump into topics. I mean, we haven't talked about football. We haven't talked about food. We haven't talked about like what did you do this week or how did work suck this week. Um, but sure, what's what's our topic? <sighs> Um, people want to make solar farms. Yeah. And they're getting pushed back literally because of not in my backyard. So here's the thing. The cool thing about solar power is it doesn't need to go in your backyard. It's really effective to just put it on the roof. Yes, but this guy um, uh, was hoping to install a 500 acre solar farm in upstate New York. That's a big solar farm. That is a big solar farm. The setting was ideal because... acres it, is a big farm. Yeah. Uh, it was its proximity to an electrical substation 
lots of open land. Yep. Um, I mean, he's you're looking at like multiple megawatts. Uh, he said uh, sixty megawatts is what he was trying to do. Jeez, that is that's that's like a small subdivision. Yeah, but hey, New York State wants to go. You know, carbon neutral. Right. That's so a good way to do it. You're going to need lots of solar and lots of wind. And he's got the land. He's got the land. Okay, so why are people pissed? They feared the installation would mar the setting. The of, setting? The setting of their quiet town nestled between the Catskill and Berkshire Mountains. Do you know what else would ruin the setting? Smog. Global climate change? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Just... Fucking stop. Jesus. Uh, yeah, okay, so here it is. Approximately 0.5% of the U.S. land would need to be covered with solar panels to achieve decarbonization goals, Yeah, according to a study by the Energy Department. Urban settings lack but enough space. to have that distributed instead of in one big place. Yes, but just, you know, cities don't have space for this sort of stuff. Right. So according to the report, 90% of the suitable land is in rural areas. But like, as this guy had pointed out, this was right next to a substation. You have to have, you have to have power poles, Yep. which, you know, people still, the infrastructure, it's kind of funny. Was that Vox who did a video about that? It was in one of my YouTube rabbit holes, um, where the fact is that even if we started doing solar panels for all this stuff, Mm -hmm. we literally don't have enough power lines to handle it. There, there, that there isn't sound right. There isn't enough high tension, uh, high high voltage transmission. I, that doesn't sound right. <clears throat> I mean, we're handling the coal plants. Yeah, it was Vox here. I'm gonna send you this. I'm, I'm gonna send you this link. I'll post it in the topics. Okay. There's a YouTube link. Not enough of these, but I think that's a that that's not a good view of it because you ideally wouldn't need as many of those. Well, you you can't literally just uproot a coal plant, put a solar plant in the same exact spot. No, call, but yeah. again, the whole the the advantage of solar would be to decentralize it. Most of it should get consumed at the source, yeah, a couple hundred feet of it, and it should only be the rare situation where you have. Have a huge field generating enough power that you need those high voltage lines. <laughs> quote quote from one of the people here saying, "We're not saying not in our backyard. We're saying the developer can do a lot better in our backyard." What is so that? Not in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, not in my backyard. Like, <laughs> hmm. Well, they want to use the land for farming. Well, I have a feeling you know you can still farm under the solar panels. Well. You can you can raise cattle under the solar panels if if your solar panels are blocking the sun. It's harder to grow plants. Yes. Yes. But you know what? If you put your panels up enough and spread them out enough, enough sunlight still gets through. But yeah, no. This this is something that I would love to you know do. But yeah, no. It's yeah. People. I, I'm yeah. All right. So you added that as a topic. The not enough high voltage lines. I'm labeling it the Vox YouTube video about okay. energy. Yep, that's the right link. Okay, good. But also speaking of infrastructure, you can actually I, <laughs> hey, I can move. I can, the Congress I, did something. I know that's crazy. 
The U.S. House passed the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Which, mind now, you... that's $1.2 trillion over 10 years. Yes, and also um, includes money that was already basically allocated for... Um, maintaining. C- yeah, current maintaining bridges. and current yeah. budgeting for roads. So it's really just an increase of uh, half a trillion. Yeah. So a third of this thing is new spending. Yes. But yes. it's <laughs> it is spending that actually legit has to happen because, guys, running a country is expensive. Like, who would have thought running a country is expensive? Literally anyone who's played SimCity. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many Republicans voted for it? Uh, 13. Republicans? Yay! Yay! 13 people had balls. <laughs> or gumption. I shouldn't say balls. They could have been women. Had a spine. Let's go with that. No one cares about fucking invertebrates. <laughs> 13 people had a spine. Did any Dems vote against it? Yep. Uh, six. six. The, I think it was the squad. Really? Yes. Because they were like, this isn't enough. We aren't satisfied with this? Well, they wanted to, and this was the sticking point for the why the why it hadn't been voted on before, yep. was that they wanted it in tandem with the uh, the soft infrastructure bill as well. Uh, yeah. So the one that has, you know like, what? you know, child care and pre-K and all that other, you know, not hard infrastructure. Yeah, but like the family planning. Family yeah, the family care. planning and that that family care sort of stuff. Yeah, all that's they wanted to have those go in tandem. Yeah. So they said they weren't going to vote for the one until you know they got a vote yeah, on the you other know what? one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, just pass the damn bill. That's what I'm guessing. Is I'm guessing you know they waited and they were trying to you know basically they were waiting for the other bill to get the okay in the Senate and finally like look this thing is on our desk if we get enough Republicans to vote for it which they did yep. it passed <clears throat> and they're like look we've got one basically already in the bank let's get this thing done with then and let's then worry the about the one. soft one yep. you know at a later time yeah but yes that's that's why the six Democrats voted against it they were the progressive wing that wanted to get the other bill passed at the same time so Yep, that one, uh, let's see, it covers uh, $110 billion for roads and bridges, $66 billion for railroads, no high-speed rail, though. Oh. Mm-hmm. But it did, if the $66 billion for railroads came in, um, I think that means Amtrak is going to be expanding their Wisconsin line. That was something they said way early on when they're like, we want to give money to railroads. And Amtrak's like, cool, here's what we'll do with it. And it involved taking the Milwaukee to Chicago line and extending it to Minneapolis. Well, that should be good. The Wisconsin Rail Plan of 2030. Oh, shit. 2030 is a long way away. Mm-hmm. Um, $65 billion for the power grid. Maybe we can get some more of those high-voltage <laughs> lines. Maybe. Honestly, I, like, or, you know, weatherizing Texas's fucking grid. I wonder how many people from Texas voted in favor of it. Um, I'm going to guess not many. Yeah, I'd have to. H.R. 3684, right? Uh. The Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. H.R. 3684. Uh, actions. Votes, 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 votes. How do I find the votes? Should not be hard to do. Um, all actions? That's what I'm looking right now. You know what? I bet you there's a Wikipedia article on it instead. 
A lot of these sites have not been updated yet with the new data. What, you mean the government doesn't do work on weekends? Yeah, well, like, the government certainly doesn't, but I'd expect, like, some person on Wikipedia to say, hey, here's how the vote went. Um, actions, postponed proceedings. This is all the official stuff. The official stuff has not been updated. Wikipedia. Go, go, go. Hey, the In Infrastructure Investment Act. Cool. Reception, see also. Legislative history. 13 Republicans voted for the bill. Here's the list. That's what I'm looking for. Give me the 13 Republicans. Nebraska, Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, New York, Illinois, New York, West Virginia, New York, New Jersey, Michigan. Hey, Fred Upton. I know him. Sort of. Not personally. Uh, I know of him. Uh, New Jersey and Alaska. I've sat within six feet, well, slightly more than six feet away from him. So the answer to your question, Andy, is all of the Republican ones. So the follow-up question, how many representatives from Texas are Republicans? Let's count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. At least 23 Texans voted against the bill that would give them more money to repair and, and weatherize their infrastructure. Oh, here's why Alaska and uh, West Virginia voted. Hmm. Uh, it is notable that the bill includes specific funding earmarked for Appalachian and Alaskan highways. Hmm. So, of course, the House representatives from West Virginia and Alaska voted in favor. Uh, there's also $65 billion put in there for expanding broadband in rural areas. That's good. $7.5 billion for electric vehicle charging stations. Another $7.5 billion for electric school buses. $8 billion for water in the West. $17 billion for ports, which apparently need that, given what's been going on in L.A. and Seattle and Boston. Yep. Well, at least there's some good news. They passed the goddamn bill. One of the two. Now we just have to... One of the bills. Now we need to pass the other one. Yes. And while we're at it, confirm Rosenwasser to the FCC. Yes. And, you know, deal with the changing climate because fuck that. We're in deep trouble. Netflix is getting into games. Why is Netflix trying to get into games? Do they not realize that like, oh, they're not talking about streaming games or are they? Um, no, I think you are actually able to, um... Netflix would like to be the Netflix of games. Yes, these games will be downloaded directly onto your devices. Now, it's also currently only available on Android devices. No iOS in development yet. They're working on it, but it's not there yet. Yeah. Um, there are currently five games yep. available. Yeah. Andy, when you the watch a movie... Yes. How long does it take? It depends on what movie, because, I mean, some of these Marvel movies coming out now. Right, but, like, give me an upper bound. Upper bound, two and a half hours. Okay, so, like, not very long. No. When you sit down to play a game, how long does it take? Way more Start than two and a half finish. hours. Right. Who, whoever thought that the Netflix of games was a good idea? I mean, you look at it and you think, okay, Google tried it and it didn't work. I mean, Amazon C is still a thing, right? In theory, yes. 
Amazon about Google's Stadia numbers. Amazon tried doing cloud gaming and it didn't really work. No one has succeeded at it. Yeah. But that just means there's room for growth. The one plus on this is the fact that it's not actually costing us any more. No extra charge for this. It just will just show up in your app. But only on your phone. Yes, only on your phone. It won't won't show up on my TV. No. No, it will not. I'm also looking at the list of games that are available here. Like I said, there's five games right now. Two of them are Stranger Things games. Right. I, like Two of them are, are directly like Netflix properties. Shooting Hoops is a basketball game. Teeter Up is a physics balancing game. And Card Blast is a card-based puzzle game. I have not tried any of these yet because um, I don't want to. Because, <laughs> like, I have better things to do. Yeah. Except... Now I've got a hole of emptiness in my game catalog. Why? Because Harry Potter Wizards Unite is shutting down. Oh, no. Harry Potter Wizards Unite? Mm-hmm. But that had like eight people playing. <laughs> I, I don't have anything else to add to that. <laughs> like, uh, No one I know has been playing it other than you and Kate. Uh, Kat's been playing it. Okay. Um. And? Yeah, I'm trying to think of. (laughs) It it was fine, and then there were bugs, and then it just, you could tell something was going on, because they literally just ramped up the speed of all of the brilliant events, so there was literally no break from events. It was one event would end, then an adversary event would start up. As soon as that would be done, then another brilliant event would start up, and it's just like they just. Well, were just... I mean, the the same things happened in Go. Like that's that's just Niantic has actually gotten their shit together more than anything else. That just means like Niantic actually has stuff planned. You don't think so? Well, I I don't know Pokemon's side of things, so. I'm taking your word for it. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've just got stuff figured out now. Like, they've got things dialed in. They know yep. what they need to do and when they need to do it. Uh, what was... I sw- So, yeah. So, um, Niantic just came out with Pikmin Bloom. So that, you know, yep. they literally announced, hey, why Wizard United is shutting down. By the way, this one's now open. You can go play this game. Which and then, is not um, really a game. There was a Harry Potter game that was just released only in China. Yeah. Harry Potter Magin- Magic Awakened has been okay. out for less than two months, has already made over $228 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I didn't think Harry Potter was that popular in China. Wouldn't wouldn't the state have some issues with that? <laughs> but yes, okay, so Harry Potter has, um, that's actually second place in global player spending. Uh, Hogwarts Mystery has accumulated $342 million since launch. Harry Potter Puzzles and Spells from Zynga has generated $135 million. Here we go. Harry Potter Wizards Unite has accumulated $39 million since launching in 2019. That's not very much. No. So, I mean, I, it, they're it, shutting it down. Yep. I, on the one hand, I will say, I I mean, I'm not sad to see it go in the sense that, like, I'm not losing anything. I am sad because it is an experience that will no longer be possible. Yeah, the nobody is going to do a game like this. Not even that. Like, this game will no longer be played. It will no longer be playable. Yep. 
And that, I, I feel, is kind of sad. Oh, it turns out, uh, now that I'm reading about Harry Potter Magic Awakened, yep. um, looks like it's going to have a worldwide release next year. So Okay, that's the one that's in China right now? Yes. So you'll be able to play that. Mm-hmm. Are you going to? I don't know. I've got my Marvel Bejeweled. could always come play Pokemon Go with me. Man, I... I do. Oh, I literally don't even have time for my current things on here. I'm, you know... Just trying to or get through. Go back to Ingress. Oh man, I don't want to go back to Ingress. <laughs> wow, Andy. The only reason. Man, tell me how you really feel. The only reason I went back into Ingress last time was in order to get enough levels to actually submit POIs. Submit stops. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Me too. Now that you know the I, game that I, I was stops. submitting stops for is stopping. Yep, all that wasted effort. So now, yeah, now I can delete Ingress off my phone. I can delete Harry Potter off my phone. Man, I thought I had, you know, I was running out of space, but all of a sudden, boom, I'm going to gain back a couple of gigabytes of space again. It's going to be great. (laughs) Just in time for me to, you know, see if there's going to be any Black Friday discounts on the Pixel 6. I'm guessing not. I'm guessing not. I'm guessing definitely not. Because, you know, I've been keeping tabs on it, but I haven't seen anything. They, they, they did discount the last couple of pixels for Black Friday, even though, they, you know, they released it back in October. There would be some sort of discount for Black Friday, but I haven't seen anything. And a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the stores are trying to get people to spend money again. So they've been doing, like, Black Friday. Old. They've been doing Black Friday stuff already, and it's like, it's just November. Like, literally, yep. it just turned November. <laughs> yep. Although apparently, I just learned this this week, um, I mean, like countries like Australia don't have Thanksgiving, so their Christmas sales and Christmas shopping starts now. Mm. I feel sorry for them. Yeah, me too. Granted, what did iHeart do? I think iHeart already flipped like 80 radio stations to Christmas music already. Why? No, no, it's not the right time yet. That irks me, Andy. Mm-hmm. We tried to switch one year. We tried to switch one of our stations to Christmas music early, and we got such a pushback from that. We we're just like, nope, never again. Nope. <laughs> it's like, just, well, guess we're not doing that. The idea that we have is um, we increase the rotation of Christmas songs starting in December. Mm-hmm. So, um, December 1st, we play an hour of Christmas music, but over the span of 24 hours. Mm. So, you know, 10 Christmas songs sometime during the day, maybe 12 or something. I think like 12 Christmas songs over the span of the day. I do not approve. December 2nd, we put two hours of Christmas music sprinkled in throughout. So as we do not approve. Yeah, as we get closer to Christmas, you know, it gets heavier and heavier Christmas Yeah. until, you know, December 24th, we literally have 24 hours of Christmas music. And then, you know, December 25th, I think we play Christmas music until like, I think we do all day 25th as well. And then the 26th, it's done. Do not approve. <laughs> no, thank you. Please, K, thanks, bye. <clears throat> so let's see, other things getting canceled. Uh, Pack South. Oh. Pack Are you South. saying that Christmas is getting canceled? No, Christmas is not getting canceled this year. I did see the, this great post that said, like, the war on Christmas will not be lifted until they uh, honor the uh, Black Friday truce. <laughs> and that Christ- Christmas ends its illegal occupation of November. No, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. But I'm sorry, you were saying that something else is getting canceled. Yeah, Pack South. 
indefinitely for the foreseeable future, not permanently, I think. <laughs> they they kind of left that a little vague. Yeah. Ooh, excuse me. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably canceled, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and they said, you know, with each of our other events have flourished, some of them drawing hundreds of thousands of attendees from around the world, which, yeah, the other PAXs are big. PAX South hasn't expanded. Well, because no one wants to go down to Texas. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's just, that's what it is. No one wants to go down to Texas. Move it somewhere else, and maybe people will go. Which, you I know. I would like to propose Pax Madison. Well. You even call it Pax Mad. Somebody had brought up the fact that, you know, Reed Pop already does um, C2E2. Yep. Which is in Chicago. It's a very Pax-like show. Yeah, it's, it's like San Diego Comic-Con, but in Chicago. Yep. So they already have basically an idea for how to run a show in Chicago. They already have, you know, agreements and connections with the convention center in Chicago to handle an event. How hard would it be to talk to everybody like, okay, you know, we've already, we we know how to do a PAX. We've got four other ones. We know how to do PAX. They already have C2E2. It's basically the same show. Is it really the same show? It's pretty darn close. Oh, let's see. Uh, C2... No, it's happening next month. Okay, so there are gaming guests, but yeah, no, this this is more of this. This looks more along the lines of Comic Comic Con, Con. yeah, because it's the like Chicago City Entertainment Expo, right? uh, Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Oh, comics and entertainment. All right, that's Comic Con. But, you know, how hard would it be to... Well, you just have to find out if there's availability at the McCormick Place. That that place is big and often very full. Yes, but that I feel like that would be the next, you know, smartest idea. Yeah. Because you're in Chicago. O'Hare is a major hub airport. There's trains. There are planes. There are plenty of highways. Yep. If PAX were in Chicago, would you try to go? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love the, like, of course I would. I'm like, you have two children, Andy. Could literally either A, drive down there, or B, take the train and come back the same day. That would be a long day. When's the last train out of Chicago? Man, now we're getting back to trains again. <laughs> yep. We're just When's going... the last train out of Chicago, Andy? And how far away is the McCormick uh, Center from Union Station? The station, because the McCormick Center is real close to O'Hare. Okay, so I just take the blue line, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, let's just see Union Station. Okay, we got Union Station. All right, directions, and we're gonna start. No, not at my house. McCormick Place, here we go. How do I get from the McCormick Place to Union Station? Um, the McCormick Place to Union Station is a three-mile walk. So I could walk it in an hour. To downtown? That's what it says. I thought it was way further out. No, it's like right next to the lake. Oh, I was thinking of the wrong place, wasn't I? Yeah, that doesn't look like the place that I know. Okay, so yeah, McCormick is, is darn close to downtown. Yeah. Well, sort of. Like, there's three miles... Um, Andy, that's not a, a historically great part of Chicago. Yes, I know. It's central, you know, and the South Loop part of Chicago. Yes, I understand that. Okay, okay. Just as long as you're aware that, like, that's dangerous. Hey, man, I... 
Do you remember my trip coming back from L.A.? Yeah. Literally just yeah. all of us sitting outside Union Station and the homeless people are like, are you guys okay? Do you guys need we're, anything? No, we're really not. But thank you. You know, no the building doesn't open, right? Yeah. Yeah. Closes. We know the building doesn't open. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, looks like it's a 37 minute trip if I take the green line. Okay. That's not too bad. No. And then like a four hour train ride back. Yes. But it's a train ride back. I can sleep on the train yeah. whenever the train actually leaves Chicago. Dick the Megabus too. Megabus doesn't stop in Kalamazoo. Really? Yes. I've been wanting it to. Oh, I've suggested important. it multiple times. There is even like a park and ride right next in to- Kalamazoo. Yeah. Like right, right off the road on ninety four. No, oh, that's too bad. Okay, so let's see. If I wanted to go from Chicago, C H I to K A L. Yes, I still remember the train codes. Let's depart on a Monday. Okay, departing on Monday. There's a five fifty p.m. Looks like five fifty p.m. is the last train out of Chicago. So you'd have to leave pretty early. Yes, I'd have to leave. I'd have to, yeah. And then I would get to Kalamazoo at 9 p.m. Or, you know, stay overnight. Really? Spend the money, stay overnight. Would you it don't be- think that there's like someone's couch that you could just chill on? Maybe. Or, you know, I'd probably save money driving <laughs> compared to getting a hotel in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about parking. Oh, God. Yeah. You'd have Shoot. to park in Chicago. All right, what about taking the South Shore Limited? What's the timetable in the South Shore? Because that could get me down to South Bend out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, I still have to drive from South Bend up to Kalamazoo, but that's Kalamazoo. only... What do we drive that in? It's like an hour 20, I think. I, was, I literally just drove that because we went to the Potawatomi Zoo in South Bend recently. I literally drove that. <laughs> How far was that? One hour, 22 minutes. So I would just, I could, you know, hour 22 down to South Bend, take the South Shore into Chicago. Looks like there's literally a stop right outside McCormick Place. <laughs> but, you know, this is all completely theoretical. Right. Yeah. If PAX were in Chicago. Yes. Which it's not, so it doesn't really matter. What could matter, though, is the fact that um, somebody tried to do a drone strike against a substation here in the U.S. Like a power substation? Yes. <sighs> like a drone armed with what? Literally a copper wire. So that it could just short out the substation? Yes. And hope to explode it or something? Pretty much, yeah. Because this is this is where the high voltage power lines basically, you know, get stepped down to lower voltages. Right. But yeah, no, this is... This is this is the stuff that has like, you know, the big fences and barbed wire and everything surrounding all the the big huge electrical equipment that, you know, if goes down can take out cities. And if a, one drone trailing a copper wire could possibly take it out. I mean, I I don't see why it couldn't. <laughs> yeah, no. Just one freaking yeah, just carrying a copper wire. I mean, maybe 200 bucks worth of equipment could take out a small city for hours. Yeah, that's if you're lucky, right? Because if you short it out, the amount of electricity going through that poor copper wire is going to incinerate it. Yes. Or if you get it. Which then causes a whole other, like, list of problems. Yes, fire and electricity also do not mix. No, uh, especially because as the air heats up, then you get, like, ionization, you Mm -hmm. get more shorts. Which, it turns out, this is actually not a new idea. 
the U.S. Air no. Force used blackout bombs in uh, 1999 during the Kosovo War. They were used to shut down 70% of Serbia's electrical grid. Let me guess. It was a bomb that didn't actually explode, but just opened up and was just copper wire. Uh, masses of conductive filaments that just yep. spewed out. Yeah, and it just covers the substations. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, so that's a possibility now. <clears throat> Let's see. Yes, yeah, but that's that's been a possibility. Like, I wouldn't even need a drone for that. I could use an RC car. How are you going to get it up onto the lines? I mean, not all the lines are very far up when you're at a substation. There are parts of it that are close to the ground. That's true. So just put a pole on the back of the car. Stick it through the fence, put a pole on it, drive it around. Mm -hmm. The drone, though, you don't actually have to be there to physically put the thing on the ground. Yeah, that's the that's the thing they're talking about. Is like, oh, these things are surrounded by fences and barbed wire, and it's like, okay, I'll just. <laughs> it's like the whole Trump thing with building a wall. Yeah, sure, go ahead, build that wall. How many people are flying in airplanes into the country oh, wow. and overstaying their visas? Yep. Uh, let's see uh, another shutdown. Hubble. Hubble is now currently in safe mode again. Ah, <sighs> this is when the computer's like, ah, something's not right, and it just, like, goes into low power mode? Yes. Are they expecting to fix it? Well, this, the last issue was a power supply problem. Mm -hmm. This problem uh, arose as a failed eternal, internal communications caused the science instrument to switch into safe mode twice over a two-day period. Everything outside the instruments is behaving normally, so the telescope's not at risk. But they don't know why it shut itself down into safe mode twice over a two-day period. Mm. So it, it was in safe mode. They got it out. It went into safe mode again, and they currently are keeping it in safe mode before they, they so they try and diagnose what went wrong. Shoot. Well, at least the the James Webb is like at the launch pad. That's true. Yeah. Right. If if Hubble can't come back from this, then at least James Webb is all done and ready to go. James Webb is done and ready to go. Right. Like nothing's happened to it. I do believe so. I think it is actually. I think it is all set, ready to go. Let's see. What's the. <clears throat> Your website is not very helpful, webspacetelescope.org. But yes, it, it should be down there and should be ready to go. Sweet. Just got to get it launched. Target launch date, December 18th. So, yep, it looks like they are currently unpacking it from the shipping Ooh. crate. And then packing it back up for the fairing. Yes. God, I hope it works. <laughs> well, did I, you... Did I you, hope you, it deploys properly. Did you hear the... Um, um, they, they were talking about how, you know, we had with, like... The seven minutes of terror where the yep. machine basically two weeks. Yeah, two weeks with 350 single failure points. Ooh. Yeah, I just love how there's like two two trains of thoughts right now going on with space exploration. You have SpaceX, which is like, if it fails, that's great. We'll learn from it, build <laughs> if another fails, one. fails, we learn from it. Yeah. And then you have we this come other... come back again. You have this other train of thought where it's like, James Webb has one shot to do this. Not just that, but like we've been working on this one product for a decade and a half and it, we, it gets one shot. Has to work this time. Has to lot. work the first time. Yes. Not just this time, the first time, right? There, yes. there were no drills. There were no tests. There were no like, let's send up a small one and see if it works. It's just like, nope, nope, this is it. You get one good shot. <sighs> and... 
December is going to be well. So it's going to launch in December. It's going to take what, like two months to get out to the out to the actual orbit, and then two weeks to unfold everything and make sure it actually works. It's going to yep. be interesting. So two weeks. Once once they that's two weeks from when they launch it, right? I think so. How much of that is just travel time? Um. <clears throat> Uh, 30 days after launch, it will take a million mile trip to the L2 orbit. Mm-hmm. So that's more than two weeks. Yeah. It takes them 30 days to get to L2. Yes. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Launch plus three minutes, fairing separation, launch plus 30 minutes, separation from launch vehicle, 33 minutes, solar array deployment, 120 minutes, gimbal antenna assembly deployment, uh, 2.7 days sun shield deployment, 3.1 days sun shield aft deployment, 5 days sun shield full deployment, 6.3 days SMSS deployment. What the heck does that mean? I don't know. Uh, 7, 8, and 9 is the primary mirror segment assembly and wing deployment. L plus 14 days is secondary meter assembly deployment. And then in, yeah, 30 days, it will finally arrive at the L2. So, so it, looks, it assembles itself as it's traveling to L2? That's what it looks like. Wow. It looks like, yeah, as it's traveling out there, it's it's building itself as it's flying through space. So then, yeah, okay, so after 30 days, it's at the L2 orbit. For six months, it prepares for full-time operation, including letting everything cool down and calibrating the mirrors. So it's going to take it a long time. Yeah, six months just to get everything lined up, because those hexagons are all going to have to calibrate themselves once they're, you know, once they're out there. Good news is it's got supposedly enough fuel to maintain the orbit for at least 10 years. So we've got at least 10 years if it all works out right. Damn. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what else do we got? We should probably keep moving. I think we're, uh, we're uh, like, uh, oh, th- talking about things that take time. How about Activision? <laughs> Activision's taking their time, which yep. honestly, I'm kind of happy about I mean that you don't want them pushing out overwatch 2 and diablo 4 before they're ready i mean what what is ready now <laughs> i don't know i just seen the amount of like, stuff that's you know getting sold as you know early access it's like the wait you're selling the game right. before you're done with the game right so well i mean on the one i'm actually okay with that as long as it's advertised as early access yeah that that to me is significantly um philosophically morally and ethically different than hey we finished the game oh by the way we're patching it on day one because there's bugs (laughs) like come on um no i i think that um going back to blizzards like it'll be ready when it's ready kind of mentality is pretty cool um that said that's not really why they're doing this (laughs) they've been in some hot water recently and i think they're just trying to like give themselves some time to to figure that out well also the fact that you know overwatch 2 game you know the game director left blizzard in april Mm -hmm. the game director of diablo 4 was dismissed in august over the lawsuit overwatch franchise executive producer has left the company in september and then recently appointed Blizzard co-leader uh, Jen O'Neill announced that she would also be leaving as well. So yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's get your house in order first. 
a little bit. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's get your house in order. Then then worry about your games. <laughs> uh, last thing I want to talk about, Dave. Do you have Paramount Plus? No. Well, good news because starting on November 9th, you can get a free year subscription to Paramount Plus. Woo! I can watch all the Star Trek shows. Yep. That's that's what I was thinking too when I sent this to Kate. I was like Picard. Uh, Picard, Lower Decks. Lower Decks, Discovery. Lower Decks, Hulu. Uh, I thought it was... Discovery is Paramount+. Plus. What about the new one? Have you seen this on Nickelodeon? There's one on Nickelodeon? There's a Star Trek cartoon on Nickelodeon. Uh, Lower Decks is Paramount+. Plus. Okay. Huh. I don't remember the name of it, though. Um, let me check real quick. Star Trek... Nickelodeon Star Trek Prodigy. Oh. With voice acting provided by Kate Mulgrew. Really? Yep. Oh, this got some of the Smithsonian Channel um, documentaries on it. Oh, this has also got Nick Jr. shows. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy, it's midnight for me. It's one in the morning for you. <laughs> the first I know one in the morning. I stay up late for work, but we should also probably move on. Okay. So let's do the random review, and I do believe it is your week. I uh, I've been thinking about what I want to review because there's there's two big options. One is Hail Mary, but I don't want to review that until you've had a chance to read it, because any review in it is going to have some pretty major spoilers. Yeah, don't do that yet. I'm picking it for my book for next time. So okay, well hurry up and read it. <laughs> All right. Um, so then I think I will review my my newest major purchase. Uh, I bought a cricket and then I lost it in a room and I can't find it, but it keeps going <laughs> off and it's really annoying. Well, at least you'll it know stops exactly whenever I get close. You'll know exactly what temperature your room is then. If I measure the time between chirps. Yes. Yes. But that's only for like a certain species. Oh. Uh, no, I bought a cricket cutting machine. So wait, you're chopping like up the, crickets? The Fisher Price, my first CNC. Oh, oh, oh. What? Uh, I always called them cry cuts, but I guess. Yeah, I, I never knew either. But if you look at their logo, the, the C has like little cricket antennae on it. No, they actually state in one of their newsletters that their name is actually Cricket. Okay. The Cricket Maker is what I have with the Cricket Adaptive Tool System, which is really just a, a replaceable tool head. Hmm. So you put something in the Cricket and it can cut into the paper or the leather or the wood, right? Right. So you can put a lot of different things in the Cricket. Like the list of materials that it supports is pretty high. Uh, uh, things like acrylic, like 8 million different types of vinyl, um, paper, cardstock. Um, I did... What, have I, what else have I used in it so far? Those are the, the big ones so far. Um, but yeah, you can you can put wood in there um, depending on the blade head. Oh, fabric. Fabric's the other really big one. You can use it to cut fabric. Huh. You can use it to cut foam core um, and just, you know, lots of lots of stuff. So that's, that's what it is. It is about the size of a desktop printer, like an inkjet printer. And actually it looks 
very similar to an inkjet printer. Um, it came with a couple pieces. It came with like the a, a cutting tool. And it came with a pen. Oh, it can also draw. Because okay. when you think about it, drawing and cutting are basically the same thing. You lower yes. the tool down to the, the document, down to the material, and either draw or cut. Just depends on how deep you go. Um, and it, it's it been interesting having it. Um, I know a lot of people online who use it and like they use it for a lot of paper craft stuff. Um, I have a friend who did her entire wedding, all the paper, all the cards, all the labels, all of it. She cut them on the Cricut. Hmm. Um, and you can get some like really, really impressive stuff if you know what you're doing. Now, Cricut also comes with Cricut Design Space, which is the the interface software, which is yeah, so so. Um, and that's that's kind of the the downside that I'd put about this thing is like it takes a lot of time to figure out what you're doing. It is not intuitive. That said, there are thousands of tutorials. Everyone has made a tutorial. <laughs> If you want to do something with a cricket, there's probably a tutorial out there. Um, I have I have purchased way more materials than I expected to purchase. Uh, I have a hundred some different sheets of vinyl in the other room right now. I have two different thicknesses of cardstock. I have a bunch of acrylic, including twelve by twelve sheets of acrylic. Okay. Now I've got twelve by twelve sheets of acrylic because. Um, I've, I've kind of taken the learn to do one thing and learn to do it well. And I've started to like really try to, to take that to the next level. So I've been working on etching and using the, the cricket for engraving and etching. And so I'm sending you a couple pictures and you can tell me what you think. Cause I think I've gotten pretty good at it. Oh, that's nice. And in fact, just this morning, uh, that first picture I sent you that has the Pokemon Go Team Mystic logo, mm-hmm. uh, this morning I got my achievement unlocked with new skill acquired shading. Because if you look at that picture, oh, yeah, yeah. you'll it's notice that the logo... Yeah. Got it. So now I can do shades, I'm, and I actually literally was printing just before we started uh, a test patch to, to try and get multiple shades, not just like dark and light, but different degrees of dark and light. Now, which do you have the Maker or the Maker 3? I have the Maker. Okay, I'm looking at their, uh, also, their line of products right now. Yeah, there's the Explore, the Explore Air, the Maker, the Maker 3, and the Joy, and... All of it is way too expensive. Yeah, three hundred and sixty-nine dollars. Three hundred and ninety-nine dollars for the Maker Three. Uh, don't buy it from Cricut. Okay. <laughs> and definitely, definitely do not buy it from Joanne Fabrics. Oh my God, they 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 so mark up the price and so overcharge it. Go on to Amazon. It is the cheapest on Amazon. Gotcha. Okay. Are you looking at like Cricut's website? Yeah. Yeah. Go buy it on Amazon. It is way cheaper. But yeah, I'm I'm liking it. Um, I'm trying to learn to do stuff with it. I'm gonna keep working on the etching stuff a little bit. Um, but I figured that since I'm also getting a 3D printer early next year, that this is this is a good like entry and and first step. And you know, you can do stuff with the two of them together. I really like how the etching has come out lately. Um, there there were some uh some hiccups as I went along with with learning how to do this. 
uh, because it, it operates entirely based on SVGs. Are you familiar with SVGs, Andy? Never heard of that before in my life. Scalable vector graphics. Oh, okay. It's it's how you draw on a web page. Yeah. You use an SVG. So it's just a, a language of like, how do you represent drawings in code? And um, you need some way to convert from a raster image to an SVG. And there are tools to do that, but they're not the most important intuitive um but like if i if i draw a square on this this system and this is why like it doesn't come across in these pictures but like what i did to get these to etch is actually not easy and not part of the system because if you draw a filled in square and you say etch this it etches the outline of the square well that's... it doesn't know how to fill in something oh because fill it in with what this is just going to draw the, the blade across literally every point. Like an SVG is a rectangle. That's yeah. it. It's just the outline. So I, I had to do a lot of work to get it to actually draw. Um, and yeah, it's it's not simple. That said, there are tons of also like free um, images that you can just download from the Internet. I'm staring at one right now that is a 11 inch by 11 inch Stargate. <laughs> And, like, it's pretty friggin' detailed. Let me send this to you. Hang on. Where is Andy? If Andy were in one of these things, where would he be? He'd be right there. So I go to Andy, and I say, Stargate! Oh my, yeah, that's... that's... That's a big Stargate. Well, the nice thing is, because it's a scalable vector graphic, it's as big as I want it to be. Yeah. But, like, here's the level of detail. Each of the um, addresses is, like fully rendered yeah oh my goodness so i'm having a lot of fun with it um i worry that i'm going to run out of things to do with it and it's going to sit in the closet but for the, the meantime it's pretty cool all right well there you go so don't buy it from cricket buy it on amazon yeah and read tutorials <laughs> yep all right what is our random topic random topic rolled ahead of time let me pull it up what is in your salad so at the start of pandemic when i was responsible for my own food for lunch for the first time in eight years uh i started making a lot of salad and my my go-to was kind of like a chopped salad it was uh lettuce and i i do like any sort of mixed greens so like a base of just green or red lettuce mixed with like arugula or spinach or something like something right so bed of mixed greens okay carrots chopped very tiny blueberries bacon bits chopped chicken chopped cucumber chopped bell pepper and then some sort of uh vinaigrette or italian dressing or if I wanted to, like, splurge the Olive Garden Italian dressing. Which I found out you can get at Costco in, you know... In giant bottles. Yeah. Um, and if I wanted to, like, really go heavy on the meat... Oh, I forgot. I also include a hard-boiled egg. Again, chopped quite finely. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes take, like, deli meats. So, like, a, a honey-roasted turkey breast, thinly sliced, and chop that up and toss it in. That, that was my salad. And croutons, because you need a crunch. All that, like, soft stuff, you need some crunch in there. You see, I have um, been trying to eat slightly healthier. Yep. Um, so I make a salad now with uh, dinner. Okay. Just to, you know, try and fill myself up with something before, you know, I eat, you know, two pounds of spaghetti or something like that. Right. Uh, my salad is uh, romaine lettuce. 
And then I put a uh, vinaigrette on it. Normally I go with like an apple cider vinaigrette or, you know, if I'm feeling adventurous, going with the Olive Garden (laughs) giant bottle. Um, from Costco. Yeah. Uh, not, then, not a good way to eat healthy with the, the Olive Garden dressing. Yeah, yeah, I know. This is why I've switched to most of the time doing an apple cider vinaigrette. Yeah. Because those are like 35 uh, calories you know, per... what's even less is making your own vinaigrette. Yes, I know, but that takes time and effort. Yes, <laughs> which you have limited quantities of. Yes. So then, so yeah, it's, I, I normally, you know, chop up a head of romaine lettuce you know, wash it and everything and then have it, you know, already chopped in the fridge in a Tupperware container. Mm -hmm. Um, I get a bag of the matchsticks carrots from Meyer, So it's already the carrots that are, you know, matchstick chopped, put those on. And then I put a layer of kosher pickles slices. Uh, I found these ones at Meyer that are actually hot and spicy Mm -hmm. kosher pickle slices. So I've got those. And then I put um, some uh, shredded banana peppers Um, because I, you know, it's my salad and I love banana peppers. Right. So I put a layer of that on there. It's it's your salad. You can do whatever you want. And then on top of the banana peppers, I put some uh, cucumber and that it that's my like go to salad right now. Cool. You know, I don't I don't want to go like too heavy on everything because I still want to eat, you know, dinner. Right. But, you know, having having a bowl of lettuce and stuff will still fill me up. Also want to have less dinner. Yes. You do not need to worry quite as much about calorie-dense foods. Yeah. You, you should probably be spending less time on calorie-dense and more on calorie-light. Yeah, so yeah, pickles and banana peppers and cucumber and lettuce. Yeah. Lots of very light. I say having stopped at McDonald's on the way home today. Oh, I had a McRib sandwich on Friday just because, hey, look, the McRib is out. Yeah. I realize, you know, with the app, I can actually, like, customize my McDonald's food, and they actually get it right. Yes. It's like a new concept. my world. I know. It's crazy. I ordered a McChicken sandwich with mustard and pickles on it. And it came. With mustard and pickles on it. That's amazing. I know. It's crazy. Also, why do you put mustard and pickles on your chicken sandwich? Because it's tasty. I suppose that actually would go pretty well. Okay, I'll give it to you. I mean, you got your lettuce, you got your mustard, and you got pickles on there. I mean, the pickles is like that. That's like the Chick-fil-A secret thing. There's the pickles. Which, okay, I'll just order pickles on my McChicken sandwich now. Chick-fil-A's secret thing is their pickles? Yeah, Chick-fil-A puts, like, pickles. I think that's... Hold on. Pickles have been part of the original Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich from the time Chick-fil-A founder invented the sandwich. So, yes, they've always... Okay, they, they like their pickles. Yep. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just... I dropped the mayo, put mustard on there, saved myself some calories, and it's still tasty, and I put pickles on there because, you know, chicken and pickles are good. But, yeah, no, my, my, my salad right now, and, I, of course, you know, everything's already, you know, chopped up and, you know already in slices so i don't have to worry about you know prepping anything i just grab the container throw some stuff on there grab the next container throw some stuff on there yeah and that's 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 my that's my salad right now it's a pretty good salad yeah i'm not gonna lie that that sounds pretty amazing (laughs) except now i'm like going through like cans of banana peppers in jars (laughs) jars of pickles like it's nobody's business right i'm literally now put like i know you poor thing whatever will you do eat more veggies yeah yeah that's not bad andy yeah i know yes that is the answer to the random topic from cool excuse me 
Well, I think that's that. Yep, and I gotta Tonight. figure out what Isaac is currently doing. He's doing something. Okay, well, let's let's wrap this up, and then you can go take care of that. And then I'll come back down here and wait for a half hour. Hey, you don't have to wait very long now. No, that's See, I it. kept you up. Isn't that nice of me? Aw, oh, Dave, thanks. That's I, I helped you stay awake even later. Sure. Well then, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.